1: Small biz Small Biz America. The brains. Peter Ireland is a seasoned intermediary and business broker who's engineered buy and sell transactions for business owners all over with successful results. Peter created the Gorilla Startups Guide to help entrepreneurs guide the arc, the journey of idea to proof of concept, to raising capital, to taking a business to market. Let's find out how he does it with the Gorilla Startups Guide. Peter, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here.
1: Absolutely. So, What prompted you to create the Guerrilla Startups Guide? What in your practice, in your business?
2: Right after college, I started working for a small uh, management consulting firm which uh, specialized in helping uh, startups, West Coast startups, raise capital and gain traction in the marketplace. And uh, that uh, made me very aware of the challenge uh involved basically everybody in finding capital to uh, to launch their company and uh that, that you know i just wanted to add it's a huge problem for everybody a lot of people read about uh venture capital firms uh angel firms and so on funding uh startups but those are the rare exceptions that you read about you know uh, in the news on websites and magazines and so on yeah. you know for everyone that's successful you've got you've got you know 10 others 20 others that weren't able to do it so it, it's a huge problem
1: when it comes to locating capital for early stage the inception part of a business How do you like to think about it? Is it a friends and family conversation? Is it going out and putting some debt on your credit cards? Is it uh, finding equity? How how do you like to think about and advise folks who are uh, talking to you about this? They ask you how to do it. The Startups Guide might cover this. Talk to us a little bit about the initial footing capital.
2: I often I recommend to people to just go in with the mindset that family and friends aren't available unless you happen to have very wealthy friends and family members who could afford to you know give you a few thousand dollars and uh, not worry about it if it's a loss because that risk always exists. What what I recommend and this is explained in detail in the Gorilla Startups Guide is that one basically learns the basics of business finance. And by that I mean specifically don't think of uh, uh, financing a company. Instead, you should think about the various asset categories that comprise that company and then dig into how to finance each of those asset categories. And, and let me explain what I mean by asset categories. Well, the big ones are inventory, equipment, especially if you're, say, dealing with a, um, a bricks and mortar company that maybe manufactures something, you know, picture machinery involved in the production or, or picture vehicles. If, if um, you were for example, involved in transporting inventory around, making deliveries and so on. So inventory, uh, the fixed assets, and also accounts payable if you're going to be in a situation – or accounts receivable, I should say – if you're going to be in a situation where you need to extend the standard 30 or 60 or 90 days credit to your customers. Mm-hmm. So. Once once you start looking at it that way, you, you start to realize all the different possibilities that are available to you to help you get this thing up and running.
1: It's oh. very fascinating advice because I think that many early-stage entrepreneurs without financial background tend to think of it as a glob of capital that they plop on their balance sheet, and then good things happen. But what you're talking about here is the structure of the capital formation process. There are many different types of capital that have to be applied across the balance sheet. And then, of course, into operations, into the P&L. So you, excellent advice. I mean, you want to think of these as separate silos of capital that are applied specific to their functionality in the business, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. You, you understand it well. And, I, you know, I just want to bring up the concept quickly yeah. of uh, the financing valley of debt.
1: Yes, I saw uh, that in you, your you prep could, notes, and I was going to ask you. I was getting there. You beat me to it, but it, let's go, please. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it, it, it basically there's a period there from concept stage to uh, gaining traction where nobody really wants to take a chance on you. Uh, you're unproven. You don't have a track record. As somebody who's raised money from investors in the past and made money for them, right. uh, perhaps this is your first, you know, uh, entrepreneurial uh, venture. So you you completely lack a track record. And w- w- when you're at that in that uh, position, uh, very few people are willing to take uh, a gamble on you. And I should also add, if you're just a, w- a one-person team, uh, again, that poses a, a, a high risk from the perspective of investors, because they like to they like to back teams. You know, have three or four people with complementary skills, a market mm-hmm. person, a finance person and then a, a founder who's usually a good salesman he, he or saleswoman, uh, they're able to recruit the team in the first place. That's the first big sale and then you know right. recruit customers, etc. So I mean, that that's that's the financing value of yeah. that.
1: And it is a circular conversation for many if you're starting from zero footing capital and you just don't have a way to launch, unless it's an extremely lean startup. Are you familiar with the concept of lean, and do you have any sort of insights about that approach to starting businesses?
2: I'm, I'm familiar with it, and, and uh, it, it's more of a software-based uh, model yeah. for getting software, whereas with the Gorilla Startups uh, Guide, it's it's not limited to online companies or software companies it's basically focused on your average entrepreneur out there who may uh, most likely have a hybrid style business concept that they're pursuing and by that i mean you know they'll, they'll be doing some personal sales offline they'll have a website associated with the business but chances are good that uh they will uh, also be doing business offline as well. So usually, when you're doing business offline as well, and that's selling a purely digital product, that there's more capital investment required. You you need more assets. You know, you you may need a physical space. You may need some uh, machinery. as yeah. we talked about et Yeah. And, yeah. And, and
1: It's probably more typical in terms of what we see across the spectrum of startup businesses or businesses at all. If you're just joining us, we're visiting with Peter Ireland. He's a seasoned intermediary and business broker and is the creator of the Guerrilla Startups Guide, the website www.antiventurecapital.com, antiventurecapital.com. What is it about venture capital that you wanted to go anti against?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as I said, uh, right after college, uh, back in the mid-80s, I started working for a small uh, high-tech management consulting firm, and I just uh, came face-to-face with the problems of trying to raise money from them. I got turned off rather badly. Uh, I was involved with a few successful uh, financing deals, but uh, they still left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, You know a lot of them would uh, give you an offer say for a million dollars and it's take it or leave it for the next 24 hours. Uh, if you came, if you took that 24 hours to think about it and said, no, um, then they'd come back and say, well, we'll give you 750,000, you know, their, their offer wouldn't go up; it, it would go south,
1: right. and right. You
2: know, just just little things like that turned me off. So I decided, well, there, there, there must be another way of of getting this thing off the ground. Uh, so I started basically interviewing uh, some of the elite founders that you find on the uh, Inc. Magazine uh, five hundred list. These are these are elite entrepreneurs. Uh, I recall reading some magazine articles about them and the creative mm-hmm. financing that they would used and I started pulling them up and talking to them and finding out more. and they started basically collecting uh, strategies and tactics for for financing a startup without investors and then about seven or eight years after I started that project, I decided, well, you know I've got enough material here for for an actual book.
1: Yeah, and that's really the the genesis of Guerrilla Startups Guide, if I understand it right. Yeah. So a plethora of insights that you did. In other words, the way you created this book was to interview successful entrepreneurs that have achieved a startup strategy, brought a company to market, and they're making money today.
2: Yes. And I'll also add in um, that most of these techniques have also been used by myself personally so, you know, everything in there is actionable. It's, it's really just a matter of, uh, learning about business finance. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people, uh, their eyes sort of gloss over when you mention that. They're not really interested in learning. What, what they're interested in is, is somebody just cutting them one big check for $500,000 or $5 million or whatever so that they can immediately go out there, get a nice office, maybe lease a nice car, and do it painlessly. And and that's just not a realistic uh, expectation. Uh, You you can't get rid of the pain. There's always going to be a pain in in launching and building a company. And uh, so you might as well learn a little bit about how you can do things by yourself so that down the road, you have a steady good chance of raising capital
1: absolutely investment. absolutely peter and then back to the subject of venture capitalists equity is very expensive capital for the startup you really want to hold on to as much as you can at least that's what i've learned over the years and preserve the equity so that as you put it so well down the line you've got uh, some headroom there for a, a mm-hmm. true scale up do you agree
2: Yes, yes. All right. You, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just add uh, very quickly, I've, I've sat on both sides of the table. I've been the uh, right. capital raiser on behalf of a number of ventures, some of them which were my own, right. and I've also uh, been on the other side of the desk where I was the person deciding which firms to back with capital. I did that for a number of years back in the 1990s. If, if I have two people come to me raising capital, one person says, all I've got is this great idea and a business plan. Um, and the other person says, look, I haven't had a chance to write a business plan. <laughs> I've been too busy responding to sales orders and so on. I managed <laughs> to get this thing off, you know, with, with a minimal of cash. I learned a little bit of business right. uh, finance and mm-hmm. so on. So look at my invoices. Look at my bank statements. This thing's taken off, you know, month after month. Sales are increasing. Uh, I need some uh, expansion capital from you. You know who? Who do you think the average investor or venture capitalist is going to be interested in? or what's going to be the second guy? You know, obviously, uh, given that you know both opportunities have the same uh, potential and so on. I mean, if, if the second guy's up, potential is a market, you know, worth a million dollars a year, and the first guy's potential is a you know ten billion, they're they're going to take a look at the first guy as well. But they're going to say, oh, he, he needs to come back with a team, and he. He needs to uh, move it along a little further uh, than uh, than just you know staying with the business plan. So, but you know, typically it's the person who who shows the damn traction that uh, will be the more attractive investment to uh, to people with money.
1: Yeah, I think enterprise value ties back to the ability of a business to generate cash, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I wanted to spend some time on the concept of business modeling. We know it's important. You have a, f- a way into this, an insight into how to think about this that I wanted to probe. Listen, business plans go hand-in-hand hand with business models, which go hand-in-hand hand with capital formation. So maybe you can put a context on how you like to think about all this vis-a-vis guerrilla startups and the guide you've created.
2: Sure. The, uh, the third volume, the, the growth service guide, comes in three volumes. The third one is about 70 pages long, and it's an next. Detailed explanation of put, how to put together uh, a business model uh, that will be viable and successful. Try to explain to people um, in brief exactly what a business model is—it's it, how you do business, but it's 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 rather difficult. So maybe I can just share a quick example. Sure, um, if we've got time. Okay, yeah. um, take for example florists. It, it, it's uh, it's an extremely expensive business to be in because you have to typically lease very expensive footage, say, in the the lobby of an office tower, because you're hoping to get most of your sales from busy executives who just recalled that their spouse has a birthday that day and they need to get something to take home. Um, So it's extremely expensive uh, space that they're leasing. Uh, about half of your inventory of flowers has to be thrown out because it's not sold. And uh, so it's, it's a high-risk business. It's very expensive. The margins aren't that great. So somebody came up with a business model a while ago, and a number of different companies are doing this, that involves uh, a business model that eliminates the physical space and shopping malls or an office tower. Uh, lobbies basically, uh, it's it's a website and and a small sales team, and uh, they, all, they will also rent cheap space, say in a commercial or industrial area, like a, an old warehouse to store the actual inventory. Yeah. Then they then they make sales to law firms, accounting firms, anybody that likes to have fresh flowers in their facilities, and they basically fund them up for a subscription type deal. Okay, you know, every day we deliver fresh flowers to you or twice a week we deliver fresh flowers to you. Uh, So it's a subscription plan. The, the, The cash flow from that customer is steady instead of going after customers who maybe only buy on Valentine's Day and on a birthday, they're going after customers who will want to buy, you know, daily, twice a week, or weekly. Uh, So you can see how that smooths out the cash flow. It makes uh, uh, financial forecasting a lot easier. And it also eliminates the problem of having to throw out 50% of your flowers because um, you know exactly how much your customers who are all on subscription plans will consume over the next 30 days or so, so you know exactly Mm -hmm. how much to order. Mm -hmm. So you may be, the the inventory loss is reduced from maybe 50% down to a 3%. And you're saving all this money, as I said, by just using a a low-priced warehouse in an industrial part of town. And so anyway, so that's sort of the, the magic of getting the business model right. You're eliminating all the problems with the old one you're you're establishing a new way of de- conducting business and you're you're gaining a tremendous advantage over your competition so at this point you know you you've got a number of different firms that are competing with this model across the United States and um, that's that that's how I try to explain uh, the, the, the benefits of really getting into business modeling and 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 you know jigging one up that's actually going to work and give you some sort of advantage over, over existing players.
1: Fantastic. Such valuable information for the startup entrepreneur and the not-so-startup entrepreneur that's in a growth stage. Our guest has been Peter Ireland. He's a seasoned intermediary, business broker, consultant. The book, Gorilla Startups Guide. and You can find more information or the guide itself at anti venture Dot com. Don't let that name scare you. anti Our guest, Peter Ireland. Peter, as always, thank you for joining us on the program. Thank you. Small is America.
2: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C-SuiteRadio.com.